to become great artists. My name is Matt Anderson. I am your mediocre host. I want to thank you for joining us. We invite you to please subscribe or follow this podcast. If you have not done so, a five-star rating and review gets us noticed and is a big help to us. So thanks. Well, we're in the midst of a series called People Who Made Things. We're going through the Bible and we're examining uh, different um, creations, things that were made, works of art, as it were, um, in various, you know, whether in form or function, they take on different different roles. But uh, we've already talked about the ark from Noah, and we've talked about the Tower of Babel. And now here in uh, week number three of the series, we're going to talk about the tabernacle uh, here in the Old Testament. Now, again, when we hear the word tabernacle, we're, we usually think of something quite grandiose, and uh, although this was, but <clears throat> we think of some sort of an edifice that's stood for the ages. Um, but really, in, uh, in the context of the Old Testament, tabernacle just meant tent. Um, and, and, it, and really beyond that, it was a, it was a mobile uh, meeting place between God and man. So just to set some historical context here, um, in the book of Exodus, we see that God frees his people from Egypt after being enslaved for about 400 some odd years. And he has freed them. And now they are kind of wandering through the desert in a sense, and they are very nomadic. God um, is leading them into a promised land very soon. Uh, but here you have a million or so people, and there really isn't any sense of law and order uh, established. And so now God is going to put some things into place for his people, the Israelites. And uh, part of that is going to be creating a meeting place between God and man, which would be uh, called the tabernacle. Here's why that's a big deal. Because this was going to be the first time since the Garden of Eden in which God was going to establish a place here on earth to meet with man. Like his actual presence was going to be in this tabernacle. And most specifically on on what would be known as the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, There would be a mercy seat and, and that would be in the most holy place of this tabernacle. And it would be where the manifest presence of God would dwell. And um, it wasn't a a place to go in and out of casually. We'll just put it that way. Now, you might recall in our last episode, when Babel was established, um, it was done with the thought of this city, and this was just their own idea. This this is going to be the place where God and man meet and come together. Well, the Lord never gave that instruction. That was something that the people there did out of their own accord. 
uh, as a way to make a name for themselves. And of course, you know, the Lord made sure it came to ruin. But now, now the Lord is saying, this is the time. Um, And so God and Moses have a summit meeting on the top of Mount Sinai, in which he lays out the basics of the law. He puts some rules together to say, here's how you all govern your lives, because they were used to living under Egyptian uh, rule and, and uh, dominance. So it's, it's going to be a bit different from what they're used to. And then he lays out the place of worship that they are uh, to build. And really, most of it is what is contained in the tent that that mostly matters. The Ark of the Covenant, as I mentioned before, there was a table where there was some bread that would be replaced on a daily basis, and, and, and it would be on the table. Everything had symbolic meaning, a golden lampstand, the actual curtains of the tent. Um, there was a bronze altar. There would be an outer court where, where others uh, could gather, but only few could go in to the tent itself. And even the garments that the priests were supposed to wear, the design, the colors, all of it, uh, all of it gets mentioned here in Exodus. Now, the story of the building of the tabernacle, I think, shows beautifully this wonderful symbiotic relationship between God and us when it comes to the creative process, because this is all creative. And... Um, and the hand and glove sort of deal that God has with us uh, in in making things, and when it works, that's how it how it goes. So there is kind of God's role and our role uh, when it comes to creating, and we know this. But I want to very specifically look at this story in Scripture to see how that fleshes out. Uh I think he starts, first of all, with inspiring us. He's the inspiration. Um, To put it more artistically, the Lord is our muse. He's meant to be. Now, keep in mind, if you read all these chapters, and this includes the Ten Commandments are a part of this in Exodus 20, but it goes on for many more chapters uh, with all these instructions and laws and the construction of of the tabernacle. Um, this is God and Moses meeting one-on-one at the top of Mount Sinai, surrounded by a cloud, the scripture says. Now, we've talked about alignment in this series already, and it it certainly bears repeating uh, once again. Here's specifically what we're talking about in Exodus 25. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution from Every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution for me. And this is the contribution that you shall receive from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twisted linen, goat's hair, tanned ram's skins, goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil, And for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and stones for setting, for the ephod and for the breastpiece. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. 
exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all its furniture, so you shall make it. Now, James 1 tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good thing that we receive, whether it's inspiration, whether it's an idea, uh, whether it's having the right words at the right moment to say to someone else, whether it's providing for our needs, all of it, all of it comes from above. Um, And let's also remember as artists that our chief goal in meeting with the Lord is the Lord. You know what I mean by that? It's not, I'm, I'm praying because I need an idea with a project, or I don't know what to work on next, so I'm going to pray. And I'm not saying it's, it's bad to ask for that, but our primary agenda in meeting with the Lord is just Him. God is not a means to an end. He, he is not only an end, He is the end. He, in fact, He is the beginning and the end, as the Bible says. I remember one time I was leading a meeting of pastors and I had done a devotional and was going to have a ministry time of prayer and I had music playing and, um, you know, folks from all over the room were, were just knelt in prayer and they're passionately pursuing God and many were crying. It was a really emotional time. And, and I, I looked across the table at, at one of those ministers and I saw him writing, uh, stuff on a legal pad. And I thought, oh, cool, man. He's like journaling um, from this experience. And and uh, and when we wrapped it up, we all kind of came back around the table. And and this guy with the legal pad looks at me and he goes, oh, man, that was a really great time. I got a phenomenal sermon idea from that. And I remember feeling really sorry for him because I wanted to say um, that wasn't the goal. And it, and it can happen any with any kind of creative endeavor. And, and it's great when we do get inspired in the meeting place with God to create something. Um, keep in mind, that's not the primary agenda. And it's, if, if you want to just write the idea down off to the side and come back to you and Jesus, I think that's probably the most awesome uh, choice to make. But if, if, if all we're doing is we're trying to, to get ideas from him, then we're not seeing him in the, in the true light. Um, whether we get ideas or not, I mean, God has to be the reward here. And, uh, and then when that is in place, when, when we have learned how to just occupy the same space with him um, and be comfortable in that, yeah, he will, he will inspire in one way or another. If nothing else, we're going to be reminded of all he's done for us, and, and his love is going to be showered over us, and, and that will fill us with all kinds of truth, which is the best thing for an artist to have, by the way. Uh, the Lord also equips in this process. And you probably noticed in the scripture that I read, the Lord lays out specifically all the materials that are needed. And he's saying, you know, that they already have them. Uh, we just, you know, if, if, if they are moved within their hearts to contribute, great. So they're not even being forced uh, to do this. This is a, a voluntary sort of a, of a work 
but he's very specific in, in everything that they have to get and gather. And keep in mind that the Lord is always setting you up for success. He's not throwing you to the artistic wolves and saying, hey, good luck with all that. I mean, he not only gives the vision, the big picture vision behind a project, I think he helps us with the means of getting the project done because that's how he is. Uh, now, again, that how that happens can vary and can take various you know, different forms, um, but at no point are we in this on our own. We're not meant to be. And you know, art is a very isolating sort of a thing, uh, especially certain genres of art. Most of them are, and we can be very isolationist, and we can start to think that way with the Lord, that we're just out there on some island trying to make something. I mean, the question is, are we living with a, a sense of scarcity or with abundance? I'm sure when Moses first heard the list, it must be like, whoa, I, Lord, you know, we are just slaves, right? And, and the Lord is, obviously, he knows a little bit more than Moses does. And he is saying, yeah, to get these things from the folks and... Uh, and, you know, it would be very easy to say, but shouldn't we save these things for whatever, you know, for different products, for weapons, for uh, for trading, for, you know, for clothing, you know, whatever it is. And that's the scarcity thing. When the Lord says, let's do this and let's not hold back. And we start to clench our fist and we pull sort of a golem uh, mentality it shows in our true, what our true belief in the Lord is. And he's the one who equips. And, he, and whether it's time and you don't think you're going to have enough time to do this, he will give you the time. If you don't think you have uh, the materials necessary to, to make this thing, he's going to make it happen. Pray, 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 pray. He's going to make it happen. He's a God of abundance. And then he empowers in this uh, symbiotic relationship. Um, I am constantly amazed at how the Lord involves me in his work. I've been, I've been a minister of the gospel for over 30 years, and I, today I'm more surprised than ever that the Lord would say, here, Matt, you go up on this stage and you rant and rave for about 30 to 40 minutes, and uh, someone's life is going to change. Okay, did I make all that happen? No, of course not. But the Lord lets me in on it. Of course, he could have done all this himself. Of course, he could have. But he likes the team thing. He loves it. I feel like all I can do is mess things up. But what God says in verse 8, three great words, let them make a sanctuary. Let them make, God says in verse 8. We literally have his permission. <laughs> he says, go for it. We are working in concert with the Lord. He gives us the marching orders. He gives us the ability to do uh, what he's called us to do. Um, and then we we go forward and and we recognize that I have everything I need for this task. Uh, even though some would say I don't have the education or the background or the experience, um, the one who does the calling has said I do. 
And so now in faith, I will go forward. But get the cart and the horse on that. Uh, the Lord always goes first in this process. And uh, as, as he leads the way and clears the path, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight in seeing this thing get done. Join the Matcast. We could always use your help. The one thing that keeps me from doing more episodes is time. Doing a podcast isn't usually a profitable venture, so I have to spend a lot of time doing side hustles in order to stay afloat. But you can help with that by going to my website, matministry.com, matministry.com, and click on the support button. There you can contribute financially uh, to what I do here and help me focus more and more on creative endeavors. Just go to mattministry.com support and give as you feel led. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. So let's look at our role in this, specifically to the building of the tabernacle um, in the book of Exodus, because the Lord's about to get more specific. He says, generally, you know, uh, get these contributions. Here's the materials you need. Uh, But now he's going to be very specific in who's going to carry this out. This is Exodus 31. The Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiab of the tribe of Dan, and I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. Did you catch what he said there, particularly about Bezalel, the first first man he mentions? Um. I want you to grab onto this artist. A big part of our role as artists is just believing God and believing, number one, hearing what he's trying to say over us as his kids and as artists. 
he's trying to speak truth and life to us because I'm telling you, in art and in creativity, those voices can be very quiet and they can be very spaced out. Um, we can go long periods of time without hearing any kind of affirmation. Luckily, we serve a God who loves to do it. If we will just tap into it and then have the courage to believe it. Here's what he says again about Bezalel. I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, uh, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, to work in every craft. I would say that about covers it. God is saying some pretty amazing stuff here about him. And now I I would only hope and guess that Moses passed this on to Bezalel because he wasn't there with him when God says it. There was kind of a separation there. So I can only hope and pray that Moses said, hey, uh, you want to know what uh, Yahweh thinks of you? And then he lays that on him. Oh, man, artist, please hear this. Hear this. It is important to remember what the Lord says about you. And he mentions two people by name, Bezalel and Aholiab. And God affirms them when he calls them. I mean, it would have been easy for him just to say, hey, uh, those two guys, find them. They'll know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can do it. God affirms them when he calls them. I mean, just hearing God say that he's called us, I think totally fires me up. To be able to be in a meeting place with God and he says, Matt, I've called you to do this. And then I have the courage to believe that. I, I mean, you, you, can't, uh, you can't come up with any money amount that will match up to that. God wasn't just picking people at random. I, I know it's easy to say because he was very specific in his instructions. If you read through those chapters and he's telling them, you know, lengths and widths and colors and designs and, and he's, he's laying it out very specifically what he once made. But still, God didn't make it himself. He trusted, he trusted these men to do it. He saw the ones who had the ability to do what they were doing, and he wants to say that to us. You know what? You could give me and Bobby Flay a recipe, right? And I could just follow the directions. So can he. Um, How how much do you want to bet it's not going to quite taste the same? I mean, one of us is a practitioner in the culinary arts, (laughs) and it ain't this guy. So the Lord wasn't just saying, hey, you over there, Jesus, follow this step by step. He was saying, I am picking my best for this. Ah, My friend, could you please hear that from him today? Please hear this. You're not just some rando pick from, from Jehovah God. He's trying to tell you that I filled you with the Spirit of God. I filled you with ability. I have filled you with intelligence. I have filled you with knowledge. I have filled you with all craftsmanship. 
and you can devise artistic designs. You can work in any material that I give you or this specific material that I need at this moment. Go. Go, my son. Go, my daughter. Oh, man, if you and I could just hear that. And it's important, I think, to get those words from him often because we will be very prone to doubt our gifts and abilities along the way. That's one of the great challenges of doing this, doing creative work, especially if we're not very experienced. We have to come back to that when the project seems too difficult, and it always does. When we hit the creative wall in a project and we go, what was I thinking doing this? What in the world? Where was my head? And we have to come back to God saying, hey, I have filled you with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship. Whatever you have to do to hear that on a daily basis from God, I I can't employ you enough to do so. Uh, Here's what I think is our sort of final role in this process when it comes to executing. And that's really ultimately God wants us to execute the plan. He's got a lot of the plan and then it's on us to execute it. (laughs) Can I just stop again and say, I can't believe he trusts us with this stuff. Man. Uh, Ultimately though, I think something I want, I can't speak for you or anyone else. Much like the tabernacle, it's using our art. We want to facilitate a meeting place between God and people. I mean, that's what was happening here with the tabernacle. They were going to make something that would become the meeting place between God and man. Now, I know it's not the Old Testament anymore. In fact, Paul told us in the New Testament that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're, we're like moving around tabernacles of the Lord as, as the Holy Spirit resides within us. So what do I mean by that? Well, what I think we want our, uh, our art to do is to create a sacred moment with the Almighty, We want people to consider maybe the path that they're on or the story of their own life or how they feel about a certain situation or problem. And it could be big or it could be small, but ultimately we want to get people thinking, don't we? Isn't that really part of why we're doing this? And we may not even have the answers. I'm not even saying they have to agree with me. I think just the act of getting people thinking and considering is a win when it comes to creativity. Now, it's even better when we can create a space where God and people can come together and consider some of the deep things of life. Not everything we make does that. Some things we do are are more just regular stuff of the day, uh, more of the minutia of life, more than the deep issues, but still... We want to create a space where people can look at something, they can hear something, they can read something, 
that makes them go, hmm. And they may not even know what to think about it yet, but they just need to dwell on it for a while. I mean, come on. That's why I'm doing this. I think the Lord wants us to be utilized in that way, to almost facilitate a place where God can come to us and say, hey, have you considered this? What an awesome responsibility it is. And again, some things are going to be more grandiose than other things, but it all leads somewhere. If we can establish a track record of getting people thinking one way or another, then when a super grandiose thing comes through us, um, we will have earned enough credibility. We will have had enough nickels in the jar to get people to stop and say, okay, well, I better think about that. I can't think of a better, of a better situation than that. Uh, that's, that's really the beauty of art is it can get people to consider things that they normally would not because we've done it in a very different fashion. We haven't used the talking head approach. We haven't used the uh, <laughs> we haven't used the cable news approach. We're simply putting something out there and then the viewer or the listener or the reader considers. We're just providing the space for that to happen. And trust me, my friend, it all counts in God's eyes. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the Matcast. Please share this with a friend. We would love to expand our Matcast family. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at matcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information or to hear our archives, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.